Brick and Mortar Reporter, episode 108. Boy, it really, it really was eye-opening to me when the woman I was talking to said, Christy, it can take a really long time for tourists to come back. Hey there, localists. This is Nick Unsworth of Life on Fire. Welcome you to the Brick and Mortar Reporter podcast. Today's podcast is jam-packed with tips, strategies, and the motivation you need to take your business to the next level. I'm excited about what you'll learn from today's interview. And don't forget that choosing local when you have the opportunity is vital to your community. So now, let me introduce your host, Christy Hostler, with today's interview. Hi there, localists. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter podcast. I appreciate so much you taking the time to come and listen to what's going on in brick and mortar land today. So I um, wanted to tell you that if you needed to get a website for any reason whatsoever, it's very easy to do. Simply go to brickandmortarreporter.com forward slash website. Now, once you're there, it'll just give you a place where you can fill in the web address you'd like to get. When you hit check it, it will go and take you to the web, web addresses or the, the versions of it that are available and the prices of it. And these are yearly prices. It's very simple to go ahead and get your website, get it reserved. Even if you think it might be a month or two before you're ready to go with it, just go ahead and get it. Now, once you get it, I will send you a cheat sheet. And that cheat sheet is going to tell you the plugins you need to go ahead and get on your website to get started. So it's a little bit... Um, easy to go crazy with plugins. It's a little bit easy to get too many or too many that maybe even conflict with what's going on and kind of slow your website down. So it'll kind of steer you through that plugin land uh, roadmap, so to speak, to get you the ones you need to go ahead and get on there ASAP to make you visible to your guests, but at the same time invisible to the spammers and the people you don't want to find you. Brickandmortarreporter.com forward slash websites. So for this episode today, I had uh, something I wanted to talk to you about that um, uh, many times we don't like talking about, and um, it, I had a, let me tell you the basis for uh, this, this whole episode. I was out at the pier the other day, and I was talking to uh, the lady who sets up, has been setting up next to me, and she's a very uh, knowledgeable lady and very... Uh, got a good business mind, and she has been at the pier for probably about, I want to say, 15 to 16 years, and she uh, was, we were talk, discussing, uh, there's been some fee changes and that sort of thing lately with uh, the Cultural Preservation Society that runs the show uh, down there and has the lease for Mallory Square, and there were some fee changes lately where it started making performers have to pay for their spots previously they had not since they don't really sell anything they just make tips but here's what happens it's um it's gone it's taken that organization from a negative operating balance most of the time every single month to in december alone it was a positive operating balance and so uh, the PL has drastically benefited by having that uh, in place and the conversation then went to um, what it would take in order for, across the board, everyone to have a fee reduction for their nightly rent. And she was discussing how she felt like as an organization we safely needed three months' worth of uh, expenses in the bank. Uh, you know, so essentially 
she said what the number was, and it's it's a large number because it costs anywhere from twelve to fifteen thousand dollars a month just to run the organization. And so when she said, you know, I think we need forty five thousand in the bank as a cushion, and then we can, you know, start looking at where we are and doing a fee reduction and seeing, you know, how things have gone at that point. And I, you know, I agreed with her. I thought that sounded, you know pretty reasonable. Three months is a lot of uh, what financial advisors recommend for individuals to have as a emergency fund or a cushion and that sort of thing. Well, I'm not going to talk to you about emergency fund and cushions because I have no business talking to you about that since I have been living off mine and using mine and I'm down to not having one. So, But let me tell you what the part that was revealing about the conversation. She said to me, oh yeah, but Christy, you haven't been here for a hurricane. And I said, no, I haven't been here for a hurricane. I've, I've never lived in a place where we get hurricanes. Um, I've always lived in like Tornado Alley. <laughs> alley. So uh, hurricanes are a new one for me. But um, she said, you've never been, in a, been here whenever we've had a hurricane. Well, in 2005 um, was the last real hurricane that affected Key West, and it was uh, Wilma. And essentially, it wasn't even that the hurricane hit Wilma, uh, hit Wilma, the hurricane was Wilma. Uh, The hurricane didn't even actually hit Key West. But what we got was storm surge. And the storm surge caused flooding. And even the house that I purchased, it, it got up to the first step, the very top step, I should say, coming into the um, the house. It didn't come in the house, but it got all the way to the first last, the last step on the porch. When you're coming out, it's the first step you step down on. But um, and so, but but the garage, because the garage is is ground level, and the rest of the house is probably about four feet up. Um, it did get the garage got flooded, and people's cars were lost. People did have a lot of complete. Uh, you know, losses for their houses, especially the older ones that were built not on any kind of uh, stilt system or pilings or anything like that. And, you know, I have thought about a hurricane before, but here's what she said that that completely threw me for a loop and that ate like a light bulb went off and I thought, oh my God, this never dawned on me before. She said, Christy, it takes months before the tourists start to come back. Think about that. It takes months after a hurricane before the tourists come back. First of all, if you get in a situation where hotels are flooded, there's no place for tourists to stay. There's no accommodations. You get other businesses that have uh, closed or having to renovate. I mean, let's face it, nobody wants to come to a hurricane zone. I do remember um, at one point in time I was looking at buying a business in Gulf Shores, Alabama, and it wasn't... I guess three years beyond the time, I should say that differently, it was about three years after the last hurricane came through there, and I can't even remember the name of that one. But people, it, it was just starting to get rebuilt, and um, people were were hoping that the tourism was going to rebound, but it took a while. But talk about like a, a V8 kind of put your hand on your forehead and smack yourself kind of moment it never even occurred to me. You know, I think about, you know, hurricane coming and us leaving and, you know, coming back and, oh, did we get flooded or did we not? Oh, well, you carry on. But it never dawned on me that it's months. It could be months until tourists come back. And our whole, my whole business model is on tourism. It's about being, you know, catering to tourists. And, And Key West is a city. Their whole 
industry, I guess I should say, is about tourism. So it really made me think, wow, what do, what do I need to change in what I'm doing to make sure that I am prepared for anything like that? And so my answer to that for me in, in my business is that part of my business does need to be online so that I can still have an income uh, coming in no matter what the plan uh, is for tourists or for whatever after a hurricane. And the interesting thing is now, now as a, a different type of business, there might be insurance that I would need to look into and see if there is, you know, disaster insurance that I can get that will cover lost revenues in the event of a disaster. There's all kinds of options that you have. Now, it might even be, depending, depending on, you know, what your business is, that you might, uh, even if you ship items from your location or whatever, it might be that you want to go ahead and get some extra inventory and kind of do some dual shipping and maybe even uh, start doing some fulfillment by Amazon or something like that where you send them your inventory and they ship out certain items. And that way, you know, you're, you're getting that off your plate and it won't be affected by anything locally. There's a lot of options and a lot of contingencies. And depending on your business, you know, you, you might have an issue with this. If you're a restaurant or something that completely serves locals, you know, you might be okay if you're, you know, able to continue working. But a lot of times whenever there's flooding and that sort of thing, you can't even get, you can't even get back to the point where you can get inspections and that sort of thing signed off on for quite a while or without doing extensive work. So what is, what is your contingency plan for whatever disaster could come? Now, I'm not suggesting that everyone needs to be prepared for a hurricane. Not at all. But what I am suggesting is that your area of the country, especially if you're a local business, is going to have its own uh, idiosyncratic weather. Whether it's uh, tornadoes, that was what I got used to whenever I lived in Alabama, Um, South Carolina, we had um, a lot of times we would have torrential rain and, and flooding. And uh, we, we could have, hurricane, uh, not hurricanes, tornadoes, and we could have some storm surge uh, in from the hurricanes as they would come up the coast many times. We, it would reach far enough inland to uh, affect us as far as flooding and rain. It might be you're in an earthquake area. It might be that you're in an area that's prone to wildfires. You know, I, I don't know. But mudslides, other things like that. I mean, what, what have you thought about? Because it's absolutely true that once a natural disaster hits, the tourists are the first thing that get out of town. They're the first people to cancel. They're the first people to vacate so that the locals can be left with their disaster to clean up and rebuild or or vacate from. So I will tell you, it made me feel um, a little bit naive that I hadn't thought about that. I mean, I had always just thought about it from my perspective, what I would do if I had a, there was a hurricane and there are, you know, people that live on the mainland in Florida that we, you know, have already made a plan with that we could go um, to them, you know, to their house if we needed to evacuate and they have a place where we could take our dogs and, you know, that kind of thing. So we've already thought about it in terms of us, but I never thought about it in terms of my business. And if you are self-employed or you are a business owner, it 
you know, it's just a different mindset. And this this is where you can tell my newness at, at being responsible for my own income. Uh, because previously I would always, you know, think, well, I'll show, I can show up to work and I'll get a paycheck. Or the company will still keep paying us even if we, if the building is damaged and we can't go because what, you know, what would they expect us to do? And you're a business owner now. Put on your business owner hat and think about these things. So I don't know what you need to think about, um, but I hope that this conversation that we're having could be as eye-opening for you maybe as it is it was for me um I like I say I I just had not looked at the perspective of what happens to business and you know if you're in a situation where your business is all local it might be the time for you to actually think about what can I do to have a revenue stream that would be coming from the online world and it might be that you're selling your products online It might be, I don't even know what your business model is, but it might be that you have some sort of a knowledge or a skill that you perform in your business, whether it's plumbing or carpentry or any other type of service-based business, that maybe you could begin, I'm just throwing this out there, maybe you could begin filming how-to videos and make a complete library of online content of how-to videos and maybe then you charge a membership fee and people can view the, the content. Maybe you do a training course to train other people how to do those things. Anything that you can get online, especially a digital product that can have a life of its own, after you've initially made it, you can put it online and it continues to make you money while you sleep will definitely alleviate some of the problem of what happens in a disaster. Now, there are many businesses that naturally lend themselves um, to being online. You know, if, you're, if you are a uh, restaurant, you might, uh, you might create a, a, you know, recipes and, and other things that you do. You might show people how to make your award-winning pie crust or what, whatever it is you make, and at the same time, capitalize on that and have, you know, recipes of the week or the month or whatever, have uh, have a very online engaged community that is uh, paying to be at your, uh, essentially get the benefit of your professional services. And, you know, you can do that sort of thing and it require very little time, but you might have a, a book you could publish, whether it's about, uh, you know, what your skill is or your industry or the service that you provide. There might be something else you can do to get part of your business online. Um, maybe, you know, it just, it the, the, the world is your oyster is what I'm trying to say. But online is where most local businesses struggle. Most of them have a very good local presence and really struggle with their online presence. So what is it that you can do to make sure that you could have a revenue stream coming in of uh, online or not locally affected uh, revenue if you had a a disaster? And uh, I know we don't like to think about disaster. I'm optimistic, so optimistic I think it'll never happen. Um, But, boy, it really, it really was eye-opening to me when the woman I was talking to said, Christy, it can take a really long time for tourists to come back. Wow. I just felt like naive Nellie right then. So hope you 
can maybe turn this over in your mind and mull it over a little bit and think about at least going ahead and putting in some contingencies. Um, there are there are local businesses that have opened in multiple locations in order to minimize this kind of thing. And, you know, it might even be that some of what you do in your business would actually thrive in the point of a disaster. But it's not so much then your business would go away, it's would your workers go away. Maybe you need a contingency plan or to go ahead and plan ahead now for what would happen if you needed to do something to provide housing to your workers or something in order to keep them there working through a disaster. So there's a thousand ways to slice it, but it's definitely something to think about. I think as business owners, we don't think about it enough. We think about, um, you know, how to make money and we think about this, that, or the other, but you don't think about what happens when a disaster strikes and you're whole entire client base disappears or your whole entire workforce disappears or all your inventory disappears what happens then and how long how long would you be ready or would you be able to sustain uh, without that income and without that business going it's definitely something to think about and it might also change your growth plans maybe there was money that you were planning on reinvesting in a new piece of equipment or a new truck or a new machine or a new building or a second location or maybe even in hiring more employees and maybe you need to sit on that cash as your reserves for a little while you know it's just something to think about so I'm thinking about it I'm coming up with my plans and trying to do everything I can to uh get myself in a situation where I could be unaffected and do uh, still still do the revenue that I need to live off of. Because let's face it, if your house blows away with a hurricane, uh, you, you still have a mortgage payment and you still have uh, stuff to clean up. So you've got to make sure I'm prepared for that. And uh, I feel, feel very uh, rebuked that I hadn't even, it had, the thought hadn't even occurred to me at this point. So... Anyway, that was my aha moment for the week, and maybe it will help you have an aha moment as well, or even have a thought that leads to uh, even down another trail that you need to examine and look at and figure out where you need to tighten up your business plan. So that's uh, that's definitely uh, something that would do we would do all do well to look at. So I appreciate so much you listening to uh, my uh, learnings and my uh, experiences on this podcast and. It's very uh, humbling to have to come on here every day and talk about my inadequacies. (laughs) And so, um, you know, I hope that by me being inadequate in some areas and sharing them, that you can always be exactly prepared for what comes to you. So, um, sorry, I've got a boat going by, and it looks like a beautiful boat we would all want to go fishing on, so guess uh, some people aren't having to work today so on a Wednesday during the uh, middle of the week it's nice to be able to to do that business owners can do that take time off whenever you uh, find that everybody else is working so it's all the more reason to get into business and to do well and to uh, have a contingency plan don't put your emergency money into a boat We always joke, just as a complete random thought aside, that BOAT, the acronym BOAT, B-O-A-T, stands for bust out another thousand because it seems like you're always putting money. It's a, what do they call it, a boat is a hole in the water that you put money into. So uh, anyway, don't get me wrong. They're beautiful. They're nice. And uh, uh, something to envy, definitely. So 
Anyway, if you need a website for any reason whatsoever, you need it for uh, your fishing tournament, <laughs> you need it for your business, for your blog, for your personal life, simply go to brickandmortarreporter.com forward slash website. We'll tell you exactly what you need to do to go ahead and get your website up and running. Once you go ahead and get your website, I will send you a plug-in cheat sheet that's going to tell you what to go ahead and get on your website so that you can protect yourself from spammers and scammers and get yourself seen by your customers, guests, and the search engines that you want to find you. So thank you so much for joining me today and for uh, hearing about my disaster, disaster plans. So um, I, I don't, my disaster plan is a disaster, and that's what I mean by that. So I will be working on that diligently, and I hope you will uncover some things where you could make some improvements as well. So thank you so much. Have a fantastic day. All right. Thank you for listening to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast. I'm Nick Unsworth of Life on Fire, reminding you that building your business happens step by step. Whether you're just starting or growing your business, use what you heard in this interview today to build a strong foundation for your business. Make sure you don't miss a single episode by subscribing to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast in iTunes. And remember, when you have the choice, choose local. 